Hello, you magnificent people. Your boys, Mahi and Louie, here again with another episode of Measuring in Minus podcast. Today, we had the great pleasure of having our good friend, Alessandro, back on the podcast. We had too much of a good time. We laughed a lot. We talked about organic water. <laughs> we talked about food and effect it has on gut and your uh, mental health. And I know uh, Alessandra doesn't consider herself an expert, but she had invaluable input and insight to give us, sorry, invaluable insight to input into the episode. I don't know what that means, but it was a great chat. It was a very informative chat, and she gave us a lot uh, of you know information about her past as a bikini competitor as well. So yeah, give it a listen and I hope you enjoy it. Not necessarily the fact that I don't want you to, I know you don't say you're an expert, but you're someone who's more aware of it and you try to mm. bring awareness to it, right? That, that That's the admirable thing is like, you're down to earth enough to be like, guys, I don't know enough, but there is stuff to know, right? You Like people look into it, like don't be a sheep. Don't just like close this box and never open it. And Honestly, I would like you to even talk about like, you know, because you are aware of it and now you've been traveling state to state to state, right? And you've been like going around a lot. So how, like, I know you did a story about it, but how has that affected you, your nutrition and your gut health, right? That's something you can share your experience. Yeah, so I make sure when I'm traveling that I have a kitchen because otherwise I will be eating like Chipotle or whatever is available to me. So I always make sure that somehow, some way I get access to a kitchen so that I can go to the grocery store. I can get the foods that I need and I can prep them because I know that even though it takes that extra bit of effort and time and money, right? Ultimately I have more clarity in my head, which then makes me uh, in a better position to do my job. Okay. So if I'm like all kind of like, oh, I don't really like feel that great or, um, or a low energy, bad mood, these things. How useful am I really to these women that need me? Not very. So like, I have to take these steps because I've noticed such a connection between my gut and my brain. So I have to make sure that what I'm putting in my gut, what's getting assimilated down there in my intestinal lining with what's going with the building blocks that are being created there that are being sent back up to my brain. Like this is an important thing that, that needs to be addressed and looked at. And yes, even though I'm not a gut health expert yet, that's still my mission. Like I have, you know, when I had depression for so, so long and, and I'm sure eventually in life, again, I'll get depressed at some point, but like it's happened so many times. It's like not even a big deal. It's like, Oh, okay, this is what this is. Like, I just, I have my own ways of like moving through it. It doesn't um, like, you know, in the nervous system, we have this phase called collapse where you're just, I kind of spoke to you about it at the the charity event, but for anybody that's listening that doesn't know about collapse, collapse could feel like your body trying to save up energy and resources because it knows that there's like a fight ahead. It knows that there's something that you have to do ahead. So that's one reason why that survival pathway will show up for people but another reason you could feel like a freeze or a collapse would be if you are experiencing like those negative emotions like that depression you are going through that kind of situation so um yeah so noticing that and being aware of that and and being able to move through that is is also beneficial um but do you like I'd ask in your day, like, do you notice the difference between what you eat and like how you feel and your mood and everything? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) Especially like I I was telling, I've been telling this story to a couple of people, like um, the last two weeks of the lock, like before the lockdown kind of uh, was lifted and we were allowed to back, go back to the gym. I struggled the most, right? Because Obviously, I was still doing online session. I was still training people, but it was a little bit hard 
to motivate and be happy for other people's successes. Shout out to Saluji. He deadlifted like his PR and I was super happy for him. But then when you give so much energy to others and you're happy for them and you're like, you know, just you're excited for others. And then in your, and you come back and you're like, all I have to do is like a seven kilo dumbbell again, right? And let's do the same thing over and over again. So I felt like, like I was really down the last two weeks mentally. I was really down. Um, and obviously I think it was this like uh, wanting to get back to the gym and like being restless to get back to the gym. So these like really affected me and like immediately for me, and obviously I've been lucky enough now notice this, this goes to my food. Cause I start cr- craving comfort food. I just like, am I comfort food? Greasiest burger you can find with fries and like all the sauces and everything. Right. So like, I just like, my girlfriend like flow i was like i'm gonna order it and she was like again i was like yes i'm gonna order burgers and honestly hopefully she doesn't listen to this i did order it a couple of times without even telling her <laughs> but <laughs> don't tell her that guys but yeah so and obviously i kept craving it but then it just made me feel worse and worse like i was just like it's like a short-term fix i was just like, oh happy while i'm eating it and then like two hours later i was not feeling great that those couple of days I didn't sleep really well my energy level was low I was demotivated to like even train as much it was just like you know so all of this kind of piled up and now being back to the gym you know you when you told me like my energy levels are different it's not necessarily just being back in the gym I've fallen back to the routine of making my own food cooking like my body I'm I'm Asian I I thrive on rice man like fuel me with rice and I'll like conquer the world so like i've been cooking a lot and like that that's like i can definitely notice it and like you know the the way my body feels like everything's changed i have better more energy i'm sharper even though it doesn't look like it because like you know once dumb always dumb but uh yeah that's it what about you louis um actually uh, I was actually, while Mahan was talking, I was actually remembering our uni days together and how I actually feel younger now than I did back then because, yes. um, like, see, food, I mean, I've always thought food was important, right, your nutrition, but it wasn't always about just building muscle. I mean, back when I was young, it was all about getting your macros, you know, having your carbs, making sure you're fueled, but it's more than that. It's having a balanced diet. It's making sure, you know, purifying yourself from the foods that just put you down. Like we used to drink a lot. And honestly, just cutting alcohol has, like, I feel much younger. My joints feel better. I feel more energetic. You know, when you wake up hungover, and I'm not saying we always got drunk, but like when you wake up hungover, it just, it ruins your whole day. You know, it ruins your whole day. And then the next few days, your workouts are sluggish. Uh, The foods we ate, like I remember I used to go and wolf down a whole Cadbury bar. You know, and not the small bars, like the big, the big, like the family sized one. It was so unnecessary. What are these? Are these chocolate bars or what What are a Snickers bar? What is this? Uh, it's like, you know, the Galaxy Caramel. So it is, have you ever had a Snickers bar before? Yeah, it's similar. Is it like that? Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'd wolf down a, a family meal, like a family's worth, and I'd feel like crap for like a week. And I think now, and I think Mahan and I actually spoke about this once, we just feel younger, you know, because we're eating healthier. Okay, sure, I have the cheat meal, whatever, I'll go have cake. But that's like 20% of my diet. 80% is making sure I get enough fibers, ensuring, you know, I get enough veggies. I'm not always the best at that. But when I do have my veggies, when I do have my fiber, I feel chipper. I feel better the next day. My workouts feel better. I recover faster. So like definitely for me, especially as we age, I think diet plays a much bigger role in just longevity. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. And can I just share a, like a mini rant? <laughs> That's what you just said there. That word resonates with me so much longevity because here we are. And by we, I don't mean to speak for anyone besides for myself, but I do mean general population in this sense. Here we are caring about the short-term results, right? Maybe next year. So for most people, it's like, this is my experience anyway, in my opinion. They care a lot about what's happening now, what's happening in a few months, 
what's happening in a year. And I understand that scale. I understand why they would only care about that when it comes to health, because it's like, you don't know where your health's going to be when you're 80. So I would really care about it. However, having that in mind, like there are a lot of people that I talk to every day. And one of the conversations we never have is like, Hey, how are you going to deal with like, when your brain starts, um, showing the damage that's been done to it over time, you know, because there's a theory out there that, um, someone I know very well created. And that's that our brain has these little strokes each day that we don't even notice. There's so, there are micron strokes that are occurring and they can occur for many different reasons. They can occur for issues that we have in the gut. They can occur for issues we have, um, maybe like stress, anything that are doing damage to the brain over time. So that when we are older, we do experience things like dementia, Alzheimer's. I don't know if you two have any experience with anyone that's older that has gone through dementia or Alzheimer's, but it's definitely a nuanced thing. And it's something that I think about every single day. But the only reason I think about longevity and I think about taking care of my health um, so that when I'm 80 years old, if I'm lucky enough to make it there, I can actually enjoy that decade or two if I get even more lucky. Um, maybe lucky is not the right word for it, but fortunate enough to be able to experience that age is because I think about that. I think about, okay, what am I doing day in and day out? What habits do I have? What kind of food? What kind of exercise am I doing? What kind of meditation maybe am I doing? And meditation doesn't have to be like a whole hour. It could just be 10 minutes of just like something just to kind of regulate your nervous system back to a place of calm and connection and curiosity and and all and courage <laughs> and confidence and clarity and compassion you know you know the the eight c's like i know i'm missing something in there but um yeah so to regulate ourselves to get back there that's going to add up and that's going to help so much for when we are in our 80s 90s if we're fortunate enough to to make it there so we can actually remember everything that we've done share it with our grandkids if we are fortunate enough to have them or even people in the neighborhood like I've learned so much from people that are older. They have wisdom. They have experience. Like, it's not that I always listen to them and I don't go and live my own life, but what they say and what they've been through, like, and when they share that, that's some real knowledge and some real one day. So when you talk about longevity, yes, they are all about longevity. So what do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like for me, I always talk about like every time I, my clients ask me about it is like, what, what are you, what are your goals? I'm like, my goal is to be able to do what I like, what I'm doing now, 20, 30 years down the line. Like, I don't care about looking a certain way or like, you know, I want to, uh, cause my biggest, and I'm going to give you something personal. My biggest fear, luck, luckily, like my, at least the grandparents that I'm close with, like my grandma, uh, she's in her eighties and like, you know, sharp as a, knife or what's the expression sharp as something uh i don't know my english is not that good me no speak english uh she's super like witty sharp cracks jokes and like you know and i've heard of like you know all the things that you said like people like as they age they they do have problems with alzheimer's and dementia and things like that but i'm lucky enough that she's like this and i remember she's always been active like ever as long as I can remember, she used to like go and do her power walk every morning and like for hours and do this and do that. And she was like always cooking, moving around. So like, she's been like great. And one of my biggest fears is I never want to be a burden on anyone else when I'm old. Like I rather die at 60 before I get to a point that like I'm burdened to my family. Cause like, even though I haven't experienced it, I can see it. Like, you know, you see it in media, you see it with your friends, you see it everywhere. And it's, it's scary. And I'm like, I don't want to put my loved ones through that. So my goal is to get to a point that like, you know, as long as I'm alive, I can like be functioning and be able to take care of myself as much as I can. So that that's my goal. And we like, we come I, I, I had this conversation with Killian the other day. We were comparing it to like when people have goals, like they don't understand this timeline and what's like setting a short timeline, what dangers it can have. Like, you know what, if you want to go like travel to some place, you can travel to that place with like, I don't know, 10 kilometers an hour 
or you can travel there with 100 kilometers an hour in your car, right? But if you hit a bus stop at 10 kilometers an hour, nothing's going to happen to you. But if you hit that or hit the ramp, like not even a bus stop, a ramp at 100 kilometers, if you're trying to go too fast to get to your goal and something goes wrong, that, that it goes wrong really hard, right? So I rather like, you know, I'd rather be the tortoise or like the turtle or whatever in the race rather than the hare. Yes, that's that's a beautiful thing that you guys talked about. So true. It's like a push and a pull, you know, like you know when to really push yourself, you know when to pull yourself back. And you know that um, I guess we could use using our car as an example, saying like driving too fast, you drive too fast, you're gonna hit something. If you hit something too fast, you're gonna you're gonna wipe out. Consequences are gonna be pretty great. Um, but there was one thing that you did say there though about yourself that I'd love to touch on, and that's uh, I don't want to label it as a fear, but it's just a consideration that you have for those in your life now and in the future as you age that you don't want to be as you've said a burden to them and I just want to give you an invitation to think about it this way I'm not going to try and change your mind on how you think about it but it's an honor in my experience to have taken care of my grandparents I'm not going to cry while I say this somehow I got emotional thinking about it but it, it's literally it was an honor to take my grandpa to all of his appointments. It was an honor to, to move in with my grandma and to take care of her and look after her for like so long before I had left. And I guess the reason I get emotional is because like I did leave my grandma there, but I made sure she was in good care. I made sure that she had people around her that could take care of her when I left. You know, I wasn't going to just leave her there. Like I never would do that. Um, but the point is, it's an honor to take care of the people who have taken care of you. So Mahan, it's an invitation that as long as you continue to be who you are and you take care of these people, I can guarantee you, I don't think that they're going to look at it as a burden. They're going to look at it as an honor. So it's not the worst thing in the world if they do have to end up taking care of you in some way. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And like, yes, 100% true. But also if I can make their life easier by being healthier myself, why not? right like, rather than yeah. like having to having to have them care for me if I can experience things with them that would be even grander right like I can like continue exp experiencing their happiness with them rather than they sharing a little bit of my whatever's happening to me like obviously it, I know people hopefully they don't mind but it's about like how much of their lives can I enjoy with them as well so like that that's the goal yeah and I know they don't mind People love sharing their life with you, Rahan. Right, Louis? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, like, yeah. yeah I've, I've known him far too long. <laughs> far too long. And you're still breathing, right? <laughs> yeah, in spite of our friendship. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I wanna, I wanna like deadlift 100 kg at 70. You know, like I wanna, I wanna be able to like. I would hope to, because every time I see a video of like an old man deadlifting it like it hits me like he made it you know like even <laughs> yeah, if it's like even excessive. <laughs> <laughs> like let's have a new scale like if you're successful at seven years old what does your life look like you could deadlift 100 kg <laughs> like how many good habits has he like compounded over the years that got him to that point you know because right. because the other thing like we were because you, you spoke about compounding and yeah, we, you know, we always talk about uh, the good of compounding good habits, but we forget the, the perils of the bad habits because they also compound, right? So all the times you have alcohol or soda or um, whatever, junk food, or you don't have enough fiber, that all compounds as well. It's not like neutral, you know, because your body either progresses or regresses. And like no one's saying don't have junk or whatever, like we all can do it, but it's it's about habit building at the end. And it goes back to that, like, like take care of your gut, take care of your flora, because if you damage that, you're damaging a lot of systems in one go. Besides your mood, your nervous system, everything, everything's gone. And they all kind of work together, right? Because if you're in a shitty mood, you're not going to work out effectively. You're not going to study effectively. You're not going to work effectively. So it all like, it's all one beautiful interlaced system 
that we really need to take care of. Same as the fuel you put in a car. If you put bad fuel, car's not going to be efficient. So, so what you're paying for is not what you're getting. And it's the same thing with your body. Like, like, sure, go have a burger, but then think about the consequences of having 10 burgers in one week, you know? Like, yeah, I didn't consider that. It was delicious. <laughs> This personal attack will not affect me at all. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, like compounding, like if you're not compounding good, you're probably compounding bad. And that'll hit you in the long run. Yeah. And, and uh, one right, thing I want to add to that is like, you know, take caring, taking care of yourself, but also like think how, you know, again, as I said, that was one of my worries, but like think if you're having bad food and your mood is shit and everything else, it's not just you. You're not the only person on this planet. It will affect your relationship with others. It will affect, and probably anything that you put in their life, they have like, it'll just escalate. It's a ripple effect. Like how bad you're feeling will affect your loved ones how bad they're feeling, it'll affect the people that are connected to them. So it'll just be like throwing one pebble in the lake and just like the ripples will travel so far that you might not see it and you might not consider it, but understanding that like taking care of yourself means how you will treat others too. So in that sense, also like compounding good habits, it's not just for you, it's for like your immediate circle or your circle of influence, you know, or like, you know, in social media, if you, if you don't have energy to put good information out there and like, you know, like people listening or, or us doing like a shitty podcast and our loyal, lovely, amazing followers don't get this amazing information, then they're just going to be like, oh, well, our lives are not complete anymore. Yeah, and I love what uh, Louis just said there about the gas. Not that I don't love what you just said, Mahan. I'm sorry. I don't want to invalidate you. <laughs> like even on a subconscious level, like I just want to tell you, like I love what you just said there. Um, that's why we we do what we do. <clears throat> Maybe even on a on a conscious level as coaches, it's like, yeah, we love what we do. But also having these clients, Mahan, keeps us. Like we have to be the example for them. People learn by an example. I could preach and preach and preach to my girls, but if I'm not the actual living, breathing example of what they want, they're not going to pay me. <laughs> I can guarantee you, I would not have a job. Like I'm constantly trying to be better and to be the best, you know, we all are. And then um, also Louis, what you said there about the gas in the car, I've been trying to come up with like different analogies to be able to, I guess, make it relatable to people why I care so much about the food that I eat and about my gut. And when you said that, That's a really good way to put it when people are curious about, well, why would I eat so well? What's the point? Okay, well, look at your car. If you put the crappy gas in your car, if you don't maintain your car, it's not going to function properly. And it's like, it doesn't matter how many miles you have on your car. It might be scary. I know from experience from driving cars that have a lot of miles on it, I look at the miles and I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to make it? Like, I don't know. But then I think, okay, wait, you're freaking out. Okay. It's not about the miles. It's about the maintenance and it is about the gas and it is about getting it looked after and taken care of. So, you know, living in a society where we just want the easiest fix or um, the path of least resistance is kind of how we're built. Now we might go and we might eat these crappy foods, but if we can track how that's going to be affecting our mood, our energy throughout the day and our overall health as we age, it would make us more conscientious of the choices that we're making so that we could implement better habits day in, day out, see what works for us so that we can start eating better and feeling better and having more energy and creating more communities and having more connection, just overall like giving back to the tribe and by the tribe i mean humanity like we're all a tribe so <laughs> i just love talking to you guys like yeah um but what was i gonna say do you guys have any people that you deal with that like struggle with depression and eat really shitty and like you try and tell them like okay maybe you should start eating a little bit better and they're like no i'm just depressed i just can't like i just Yeah. Could you talk about that a little bit? Like, I'm curious. All right. So I actually, I'm not like, I, I do have, I have had people that I 
<laughs> have gone through this and have talked to them. But the one thing that I know about them is they don't appreciate me discussing these information. So, and I would tell you, but like I have to kind of sit back and kind of filter them out and I'm not really good at this. So I think I'm not going to disclose this at the moment, if that's all right. Uh, oh yeah, of I course. I, I won't go into detail as well because obviously I don't want to like offend people. But in general, when I meet depressed people or when I deal with people who are facing bouts of depression, I do notice that their diets are not necessarily the best diets. And I, like, I, I wouldn't say I've gone through depression, but whenever I've been down, I've also been eating really badly so if if like i could imagine that if i'm someone who doesn't really face uh sort of depression much and i'm down i'm sure it amplifies way more for people who actually do face it when their diets are really bad uh so yeah but i can't like as mahan i can't go into depth out of respect for you know their conditions and one thing yeah, I want to I... say is, sorry to interrupt you, Alessandra, because this is one thing like I think Alessandra likes to listen to Jordan Peterson as well. And like one thing that I like from what he says is like uh, a lot of times, obviously depression can be a like a uh, like a medical issue, like from one point, like sometimes it is, but most of the time, again, I'm not an expert. This is what I noticed, like and what I learned from like different people is like, Sometimes it's a lack of schedule or programs or like, you know, having, I call it cycles in life, right? Like doing specific things, having routines, lack of routines. And one of the biggest routines we have is our like, you know, our eating habits. It is a routine. It is day in, day out. It happens. It happens in cycles and uh, it, it like goes hand in hand with our circadian rhythms and everything else. So like, maybe as you said maybe that and the lack of that routine and lack of those cycles or disrupting those cycles can affect your mood to a point that it will cause depression right so like that's one thing i i say yeah people who are like you know they have issues with eating or other things that do lack and eventually it, it becomes this kind of like it reminds me of this i don't know what the sign is but like the snake that is eating its own tail like eventually it becomes all-encompassing like they all like uh, cause and effect and this like they're the same because they just keep feeding into one another yeah yeah and you know um i just want to say that thank you so much for respecting the wishes of your clients to not or even friends like just to not discuss that so i guess since i'm on this podcast and i'm honored to be on it i'll talk a little bit about my own then if that's okay since we can't use other people as an example and I'll just say shout out to anybody who experiences depression or is at the moment. Um, yeah, that's something I have like my entire life experience with. And I would say that 100% they should look into their diet, what they're eating, their gut, start doing some research, start doing some trial and error, get a gut health expert, somebody that really knows what they're doing, get get Mahan, get Louis, get them to get your nutrition together, at least start there, something like that, you know, like at least start because for people who really struggle mentally, emotionally, you know, um, they, sometimes there's this, this feeling and it's a human experience. I'm sure you guys maybe have experienced this at least to some degree, but it's like this worthlessness, this, I'm not even worthy to fuel my body with these good food foods to begin with like that so it's like overcoming that mountain uh, that worthlessness that that loneliness that um feeling like you don't belong anywhere or anything like that like that kind of victimization mindset you know that's something to come over to to have to to have to work through but I would just say like start out with just one meal you know anybody that's listening that's depressed that thinks like that's their life like they're like going to be like that forever, you know, that's not true. Like you won't always be like that. You won't always be experiencing that. And taking care of your gut health is going to have a huge impact because you have to just think about it when you're eating the food and it's going down, it's being assimilated in the gut. Like that's where a majority of our neurotransmitters are being created and then sent back up through the central nervous system up to the brain. So with that in mind, 
why not just try it out? Like my words are words, sure. But why not just give it a go on your own body and see if you notice a difference? You know, for me, I did bikini competitions for a long time and I, and I loved it and I will again. But if I ever do do one, just a side note, it'll be in Australia. I'm never doing the United States again, too much corruption. So anyway, um, so uh, yeah. So my point is <laughs> I did these bikini competitions, you know, even in the middle of being depressed, I would be putting myself through, through a bikini competition. And I, I noticed that there was just such a difference in my life. And I, I didn't know exactly why I felt and was the woman I was when I was doing bikini competitions as opposed to who I was post-competition. And I know now that it's mainly, yes, the exercise, definitely. Yes, the people I was around, definitely. But it was the food. It was the nutrition. It was fueling my body like this way, the way that I was when I was doing competitions that was putting me mentally in a way better space for growth and nourishment. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because this is one thing that I wanted to like eventually segue into, but you did it yourself, so I don't need to anymore. Uh, I did want to talk about like your past experiences with uh, uh, bikini competitions. And I was just going to like one, because I was curious myself, because I, I think we've had this conversation before that like I used to fight and like I, I would drop down a couple of pounds or like, you know, kgs to like be ready for to be the heaviest in my weight category but i've never gone to like the extremes that you have so i just wanted you to like shine a little of light of like the the routines like nutrition routines and things like that you would go through and like how easy or difficult was to maintain it like especially on a spectrum of the as you started uh bikini competition and then as you got more experience uh being in in that yeah. Okay. So let's break this down. What's going to be most valuable to somebody that's listening and who is it? Like, who is the audience that would be curious about this? <clears throat> I would say I'd be speaking probably to a woman, right? And maybe she is curious about doing a bikini competition. Maybe she has done one in the past. Um, so with that in mind, as the foundation, can you just tell me, and I know like you guys are curious too, um, but can you just tell me like, what would be the exact question that you'd want to answer? Because you gave me like a battlefield. Um, so could you give me just like an exact question and then I can go from there? Because I could literally go off on a tangent in 12 different ways from what you just said. Uh, that was the plan anyways, to get you to go on a tangent. Like. <laughs> Keep an open-ended question. Okay, you're going to be really, oh, you're be an open field here. Yeah. All right, like, all right, let's take the army out for a walk. So, um, can you tell I miss playing video games? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, you know, bikini competitions are a valuable experience because uh, any kind of competition really is because you get to take yourself to a new place. You get to have, and not just like in the external world, you also get to take yourself to a new place in your internal world because you're navigating a lot of different scenarios. You're navigating a lot of different like life experiences and problems that are gonna occur while you have this huge goal set for yourself. And you know, making sure that you are driving your car and driving and leading yourself in a way where you get there. Um, and you don't burn out and crash before you, before you arrive at that place or on that stage. And I would say as far as like the food goes, I definitely got better. I'm so sorry. I don't know what's going on. Um, I definitely got better over time with like the foods that I was eating, my preparation for the foods that I was eating and, um, Give me like, just like one question. Cause I, I, I feel like I could just talk about this like in a way that's going to have no value to somebody that's listening, but would have value to me. So what's like something that a girl has brought up about a bikini competition that you were like, Ooh, I don't know. I'm not a girl. All right. I'm going to ask it this way then. All right. Sorry. Okay. You, like I am infamous for all asking open-ended questions and like wanting people to rant because that's how I normally end up ranting myself 
but I'm going to go like this because you kind of hinted towards it as well. If, for example, if someone comes to you and they already have issues with, uh, they have an eating disorder, right? They're dealing with an eating disorder oh. and then eventually they want to get, like one of their goals is to get into oh. the competition. What <laughs> would you say to that? I see. Okay, so I kind of knew that when we had talked about this in the past with you guys that eating disorders has come up and even for me talking with other guys that are PTs coaches you know eating disorders has come up before and they've asked me about it and they've been curious about it and probably because there's some of the guys that have asked me about it have had girlfriends and they never knew that the girl had an eating disorder until like later on down the road or she would do a competition and then like old habits would show up and then he'd have to help her like navigate through it so I know in that aspect and it's not that just women have eating disorders like men do too <laughs> you know I, I know a guy who has one he doesn't even admit to himself that he has it but he eats like a banana and a protein shake a day <laughs> like and then a whole bottle of wine at night I'm like um I don't think that that's like really the best way to go about your eating um but I don't ever put a label on it, you know but anyway um yeah, so for me, I've actually never struggled with the eating disorder part of things. So I've been lucky with that. But the reason why I, and I'm being honest, like I've never lost my period from competitions and I've never, and that doesn't mean I didn't train hard and that doesn't mean I didn't look amazing and feel amazing and win my pro card. Like, you know, I'm a professional athlete with the WDFF and I, you can do that stuff and not lose your period. You can do that stuff and not, have an eating disorder you just have to go about it the right way and unfortunately there are a lot of coaches out there I don't want to say a lot but there are coaches out there and they'll take on bikini competitors and they kind of mess them up and then another coach has to come in and like fix the damage from that and look everybody messes up everybody starts somewhere everybody does things badly at first um, so there's nothing to say against somebody that may have done that as a coach. It's just to say, like, get better. You know, like if you mess someone up, make sure you don't mess an expert up. Um, but with that being said, that's like my little warning to coaches. Um, but uh, yeah, with that being said, I've never had eating disorders before, but I did have binging. So like when I was done with my competitions, I would literally eat like so many donuts, so much chocolate. Like my body was just in such a low body fat percentage. It was like, wow, okay, wait, I need to get back, get my body fat back up because like, I don't even have enough fat on my body to protect my reproductive organs right now. Like <laughs> let's eat, let's eat, let's eat. And the problem with that is like we talked about that then established a lot of really bad habits. So every competition I would do, besides for this last one. So it was like, this last one was when I finally mastered not going crazy post-show and just eating so much that I actually lost the whole result that I had. Like my physique would just completely disappear and it would happen so quickly. So um, something to keep in mind for ladies is like after your show, in my experience, yes, you're gonna want all those chocolates, you're gonna want all those donuts. And, and it's splashed all over social media. Like everybody's always excited for those donuts and, and that chocolate from this special company. And it's like a, it's a community thing. It's a interpersonal experience with other people to be able to share this and do this. But when you're finally done with like maybe that day after the show or two days, get yourself back on track. I would say even just the second day after a show, like get yourself back on track, do your reverse diet, and you're going to be in a way better position than if you put all that hard work into this physique as a woman to get yourself to this place and then you just throw it all away. It's very like challenging as a woman to, to put in all that work and then to see not anybody else destroy your work, but yourself. You know? So keeping that in mind. But as far as the eating disorder goes, like I've never had one. So... I would just say like as a bikini competitor, be, do your research, see, see what the other girls are like, or that are in the, you know, coaching circle with the coach that you're picking, see if they have any kind of like eating disorders that are going on. 
I mean, it's kind of, it's a nuanced area. It's some, it's something that comes with experience, right? Mahanalui, like as you do, as you do it, you gain more experience, but at the same time, I wouldn't want anyone to ever do a bikini competition and then end up with an eating disorder. Like any girl, I'm so excited because, woo, because I finally have two girls. So I'm going to be getting ready. See, for, for me, if someone wants to do a bikini competition, they have to be coached by me for like a year, at least eight months. I won't, I will never just like be like, oh, you want to do a competition? Yeah, let's get you. Nope. You got to sign up with me for a year. I'm rough like that, but I don't care. I really don't care. I will just do it that way. That's how I coach. So I have two girls that that's what we're doing now. And they're going to be on really good calories as they're getting lean. And that's the whole point is like building them up so that they can go through this process on decent calories. Like the last week should be the only week that you're on calories that are like, yikes, why are you on that low? Well, yeah, because it's your peak week. Like that's just part of being just a competitor. Sorry, I don't see that going anywhere. Um, But that way, when they do, you know, their show and they come out of that, they're not in a position where they're going to be in danger of getting an eating disorder or of binging or of completely ruining all the hard work that they have put in to build themselves to get there. So, yeah, but it is a, it is a tough thing. I, I, I actually love that you said that because I was going to say it earlier, but then I completely forgot because I have the memory of a goldfish, but I love that you spoke about how you got to get, like you have to train them for eight months, get them on a certain calorie uh, range. And then, okay, at the end, they kind of drop because what a lot of coaches do and a lot of, you know, this whole fad diets and this whole get ripped in 30 days, they, 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 you know, we were talking about it. Like you can drive at 10 kilometers or you can drive at a hundred kilometers. It's better to go 10 kilometers with your diet keep it build that capacity don't just drop the calories immediately there's like a lot of people i know they just drop like they'll just have grapefruits for morning and i'm like how's that how's that gonna help you in the long run like you're gonna you're gonna lose all your muscle not just your fat like you're gonna lose everything we're gonna have to like rebuild you so i love that you kind of think about it in your approach you're holistic about it like you take them you build the capacity for them to actually handle that calories you may drop it a little bit but not so much that like they require like like it completely damages them, damages their metabolism. So that I, I love that. So that's like that's something that we see a lot these days. And I think that's the problem. People want to get ripped now. They don't want to think about the long term. And the damage, like a lot of people go, oh, let me lift heavier, let me lift heavier. And I I'm guilty of doing it. And Maha knows because he's programming for me and I complain to him all the time. But um like it's not only about lifting heavier like if you have an ankle injury and you want to squat like like even if you do squat it you might injure yourself and then we get into a cycle where we have to fix you and then that's going to delay your progress long term and that's the same thing with diet like yeah sure you can lose five percent body fat but at what cost and yeah that's yeah my odd ramble Mahan say something intellectual. No, no, like the thing is, like I I love that eight to one, eight months to one year as well, because it's not just even slowly going through the diet. It's like building that relationship with the coach, you know, and building the different ideas like the coach has, because like I'm sure you're going to implement things that will take time for the girls to be ready to actually put into the training, because like it's not just the nutrition, it's like even, you know, Louis said it as well, like you're compounding good habits, right? It takes eight months or a year to compound enough good habits that when they need to go to those extremes, as you both mentioned, they won't mess themselves up now. Like, cause now they've built a, like, you know, capacity, they've compounded enough good habits to be able to deal with, you know, being at that, like such a low body weight. And probably those good habits are the reasons like that you even though when you're competing, you didn't lose your period. Cause like, it's so common, like not even like, forget about bikini athletes, girls in general, the moment, like they overtrain and they undereat, And like, they're like, they drop their calories, like roadmen dropping drugs when the police shows up. Like, and they're just, they just drop it and they'll walk away from that shit. Um, <laughs> so, or they just give it to the, never mind. I'm going to yeah, or, or give yeah, it, yeah. Okay, yeah. Give the calories to someone. 
but no, we we're not going to get there. But yeah, like so, I think it's, it's the the <laughs> the mentality and the the experience and like the, the everything else. It's not just slowly going into nutrition. It's just learning so many different things, all these nuances to not mess things up when they go and get ready to be on this on that stage. Right, because as a woman, you know, like you want to reproduce. Like even I have a sister who um, she uh, like literally does not want kids like at all. And that's totally fine. There are some women who just, they don't want kids, but she's also really young. She's like 21 years old. What does she really know right now? Like nothing really. I mean, I'm 28. I don't know anything. So <laughs> I don't know if we ever really know anything, but um, yeah, we, we know what we know. And you know, you ever just have those days where you're like, oh yeah, I, I totally know. Like, I, I know for sure. And then the next day you realize you didn't know, you know? Yeah. So, but just to say like, she doesn't want to have kids. I know there are some women who don't plan on it, don't want it. That's fine. But for those that do and want to have a family someday, uh, you know, I would want to have a family someday, maybe. Um, and you want to share this with your children like oh this is the bikini competition that i did these are the things that i've learned from it this is how my character develops because like i said when you do a bikini competition it's not just the external world that's giving you like validation and making you feel like you're you're worth something because you also feel like you're worth something because you were working on an internal world and developing your own character and your own self through these experiences and to share that with someone, well, it's going to be very hard if you have fertility issues. It's going to be very hard or even not even fertility issues. Let's just talk about libido for a second. Like if you have libido issues, then, okay, but I, I mean it in a, in a way that's talking about fertility and libido I know, I know. issues. I don't mean it in like a, yeah. So I just mean as a human experience, yeah. like this is part of like drinking coffee, you know? So anyway, so like you want to be able to drink coffee with your kids and tell them about your bikini competition so that's just something to consider is like long term you know yeah yeah you want to do a bikini competition now cool great find a coach that's going to build you up put you in a position where you can totally nail your competition and then they can guide you through the process for afterwards that way it's not just one competition you do in your life you can do many and you can be in really good health throughout the process of all of those different times Perfect, perfect. I think that's a really good note uh, to bring this to an end. And also, like, as you said, find a good coach. So I'm going to actually let you plug in any plugs that you want to insert in this. So I would just say thank you so much, you guys. Like, I hope we can do this again. Um, maybe, you know, next month sometime. That would be really great. I really miss you guys, like, a lot. I did. I know everybody was has their own responsibilities and their own life going on. So I respect that. However, you guys are like part of my solid foundation. Like I, I really did miss you guys and talking with you. And thank you to everybody that listened. And for me, um, it's Alessandra underscore Rick on IG. That's the best way to find me. And yeah, I'm not going to plug myself. So because, you know, you guys are both coaches. So like, how about you guys plug yourself? <laughs> I mean, I am. No, I mean, uh, obviously, like. I think like this is, sorry, I'm going to close it on this. In the fitness industry, people have should have each other's back and like build a system, build a group of people that like, you know, don't, whoever listens to this, if you're a PT, do not be the PT who tries to do everything. Build a group of people that you can have a referral system, right? Honestly, at this moment, I'm not going to lie to you, whoever listens to this, I have no experience about bikini competitions right i don't i don't like i can help like and there's a big difference from like dropping body fat from like 20 percent to 15 percent or like to 12 percent or something even that like as you go down it exponentially gets more nuanced and like below that i have never gotten anyone there like any girls there so like if someone comes to me and like they're open to uh like you know online or anything else obviously i'm gonna send them to you because i'm like or you know be like okay she's better better experience than me and if they they want to do it with me then definitely i will be coming to you and be like dude all right i'm gonna like hire 
these amount of your time and then learn from you what I can learn because it's something that I need to learn. So if anyone's listening to this, do not be that person who tries to be everything. Like have a group of, you know, friends, colleagues, people you respect, community, hashtag community, and then like, you know, rely on them, have a referral system. So yeah, that, that, that is my plugin. Cups. Fill everyone's cups and your own cup. And fill it with good fuel. If you fill it with dirty water, everyone else will just have dirty water. So everyone should have clean organic water <laughs> and it will fill and you'll have a <laughs> great interlace system. <laughs> that's it. I'm making a new Brita company that's called the Organic Brita. And it's going to sell over the regular <laughs> Brita. I'm going to make an organic zero water filter. <laughs> oh my God. Organic water. <laughs> <laughs> I love hey, I, hey! I've met people who drink zero calorie water. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, as as Mahan was saying, and as we've all been saying, we're an interlaced system. We're a, we're trying to build a community. Get each other's backs. Drink the good organic water. Don't drink the Kool Aid. Don't spread the Kool Aid. Es- ethically fine water and, no you know, clouds were harmed in making that water <laughs> and uh yeah everyone should grow with each other internally externally mentally look at mahan and i we've known each other this long and look at how we turned out there we go don't be like us yeah, a very great example of not to do it this way but yeah with that alessandra again thank you so much and definitely we will do this like you know even less than a month come on like we, we all miss each other and i think we always want to like have a good chat thank you guys and hint next time it will be about how the flora or the microbes in your body or back of the gut are like pokemon oh, get out and of how it. we okay. can catch with okay, that, thank you, you so start much. with a pokemon <laughs> <laughs> oh boy Okay, anyway, Mahan, go ahead. This is where we go. All right, with that, thank you so much to anyone who listens to Majoring in the Minors. Uh, We love you all. Goodbye.